Hello and welcome to Scoop FM, the official podcast of the Dynasty League, one of many leagues' accounts. I'm your host, Dan Belinke, joined by my co-host, Devin Rambo. Devin, why don't you say hi to all of our loyal listeners? Hello, everyone. Thanks, Devin. And before we hop in on the fun, we'd just like a quick word from our sponsors. Two men in a truck. Are you looking to move giantly valuable and heavy objects from your dynasty roster to another? Well, consider two men in a truck for all your moving needs. If you need a helping hand with those stud RBs and quarterbacks, give these guys a call. Well, let's get fucking into it. I don't want to... I'm recording this from under my desk, like those old uh, Cold War fallout drills they did in the 60s, because if another bomb goes off, I don't know if I can take it. I don't know if this podcast can take it. Everybody's on full tilt. This was the craziest effing year. You got so many key players on uh, getting injured out for the year. You got COVID. You have rookies producing at a higher rate than it has ever been seen before. This is historically the highest scoring rookie class of all time. Which, as a side note, I think is going to make people <laughs> have a little unreal expectations for their rookies in other years. But um, And I think a big part of that is no crowd noise. I mean, it's obviously inflated by Burrow and Herbert because quarterbacks score more than other rookies. And if you think back the past couple rookie class of quarterbacks, a lot of them weren't starting right away. The ones that were, were on terrible teams that didn't score a lot. Now, Chargers and Bengals might be terrible teams, but they score a lot. And part of the reason I think they could score a lot is you've seen Burrow, the difference between him playing a team like, uh, I don't know, maybe the Browns versus him playing the Steelers and the Ravens, the class of the AFC North, against a really good defense. Now imagine him having to even play a mediocre defense on the road where his receivers and his O-linemen can barely hear him over the crowd noise. I think that's giving these guys a huge advantage, which in turn is helping the receivers and the running backs, and it's helping every offense. That's why offense is off the charts this year. So I don't expect that going forward. But with all that being said, everybody is tilting. I look at a team, I say, oh, man, they're really complete. They're ready to go. And then they tell me they're, they're thinking they're in a rebuild. They're not win now. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Well, anyways, I really <laughs> I want to just get into the trades here. We could talk about the matchups, but they weren't really that interesting um, at all last week. But... Let's just get into these trades instead. Our first bombshell between Bob and Dave. Bob gives up Russell Wilson and Miles Gaskin for Jared Goff, Cam Akers, Cortland Sutton, a 2021 late first and a 2022 second round pick. Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, let's just say if this if if Dave wins at all, and that's a 2021 10th pick overall. Well, in one year, that was uh, Daniel Jones. The next year, that was Justin Herbert. So, I mean, you adding those to the mix and that, that second rounder way down the line, this is a tough one. Um, I put it in this little trade calculator website that I like to use, and it called this one the only fair trade we'll be discussing today. It slightly favored um, the Bob side that got all the pieces. I mean... I like the Russ side just because Russ is such a stud. Um, it's a really, it's a really powerful move, and it's just such a win now move. I, I really respected it. And when this happened, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, Goff, 
he's always just going to maybe kind of be middle of the road, you know, more of a game manager type. Akers might bust completely. Sutton, there's so many question marks. His health, the quarterback situation, his playtime in relation to Judy. And that first-round pick should probably be money if Bob doesn't blow it because this next class is looking pretty strong. But Russell Wilson is just such a stud, and I'm thinking, damn, this really puts Dave over the edge. So I kind of like that. I think at our poll currently, let's see, who's winning that poll? Put that up for a poll. Oh, okay, just, just come on, phone. I'm on the clock. Uh, it's a tie. Only six people have voted, but it's three for three. People are people are tied on that one. Um, so, yeah, I would say I was a little partial to the Dave side of it. Then another trade came in almost immediately after. Nick getting Brady for Paris Campbell and a 2021 first. And even if we think it's a late first, you know, I don't know. This trade calculator thinks that Bob crushed that trade. Absolutely. Just getting a first for Brady. But what it's not really considering here is that Brady, I don't know. He's, he's signed for another year with the, with the Bucks, and he'll probably play that year out if he could stay healthy. He's had an up-and-down year, but he's got a cakewalk um, during the fantasy playoffs. And Drew's, uh, sorry, Nick is down Drew Brees. So he needed a quarterback, too. That's a nice pairing for a win-now move. It's like, hey, if you think you're going to win, sometimes paying a little more of a higher price than you would otherwise for Brady. Like, obviously, you could have got Brady before the season started for way less. Um, maybe even before he signed with the Bucks. I'm sorry. I don't know who did that. So this guy just ran in here and sneezed on the mic and then ran out of my house. I don't know who did that. I'll, I don't know what that was. Anyways, um, I'm not sick, DeWine. Please, let me, let me go to Wendy's, DeWine. I'm not sick. I promise I'm not. Um, but anyways, yeah, I mean, I actually think, and everybody will say that, that Bob won that trade, that they'd rather have Bob's side. Sure, of course. But Bob's trying to rebuild. He needs draft capital here, which he just got. He just got two round, two first-round picks which is pretty nice. Got two first-round picks, a lot of pieces. He's got some older players he can kind of churn out, um, you know, and, and to, to make room for Akers and Sutton. And but, but for Nick, I mean, he had to do this if he wanted to win. He needed, he needed to get somebody. I mean, I would have probably given him a similar deal for Ryan Tannehill if he had asked, and I think Tannehill has more staying power, but, um, but I don't think he really asked. And I know that Brady has that really primo fantasy playoff schedule. So you're thinking, well, I don't know. Maybe you just go through with that. Maybe the ceiling is higher there than it is for Tannehill, even though he has a nice one as well. But just with that offense, maybe it's maybe it's higher. And now you have Brady fighting for maybe seeding, maybe for a bye in in December. I mean, that's always a nice a nice side to be on in that case. And our last trade of the day which just really capped it off. I thought, wow, Dave's got Mahomes and Russ. He's going to dominate this league for fucking years. But he said, uh-uh, I don't care about for years. I just want to win this one. I'm tired of the two-year playoff streak and getting bounced in the first round. I'm tired of all the jokes about how I'm always top of the list and then I get knocked out. I want to fucking win. So he does the bombshell, getting Dalvin Cook, Ben Roethlisberger, and Tyler Higby for one Patrick Mahomes. Now, obviously, 
everyone in the world is going to rather have the Patrick Mahomes size in a super flex dynasty, in any dynasty league even. But Dave is, Dave is pushing the chips all the way in. This is kind of like what I did last year, except on the opposite side, I was giving up younger studs, guys with more long-term potential for win-now pieces. Dave is, I mean, well, yeah, I guess he's doing the same thing, but he's giving a known superstar commodity. The most value, I went through the trade calculator. Patrick Mahomes is the most valuable asset in the entire thing. Um, I don't know, but now he's got Dalvin, Kamara, and Jacobs. Three top 10 running backs. Depending on how the weeks play out, they could be top five for the remaining rest of the season. He's got three of them, three out of five. He's got Russ, and he's got Ben as a number two. And Ben, they got a pretty winnable schedule down the stretch. Got a tough game against Cincinnati. Browns can be frisky, but hey, a lot of the, the, the more challenging part of their schedule is now behind them. So he's really pushed all his chips in. I don't know. If he doesn't win this, he's going he's gonna to be sick in his balls. If he can't win this championship, he's going to have to quit this league. I don't think he could show his face around here again after giving up Mahomes for that. But if he does it and his name is on that trophy, it'll all be worth it. It'll all be worth it. But we'll have to see. Let's get into the waiver wire, which wasn't nearly as exciting. Bob picked up Josh Reynolds for $7. Looking to be a whiff there. Nate grabbed Taysom Hill for $4, beating Nick's $3 bid. Bill, Bob's $3 bid, Bill's $3 bid. That was tough to say. Give me a break. Devin grabbed Brett Ripien, quarterback for the Denver Broncos. If you don't know who that is, for $3, beating Bob's $3 bid, uh, beating Nick's $0 bid. I grabbed P.J. Walker for $3, a whiff. Nobody wants him. You guys really think Teddy's going to play? This was the AAF superstar, MVP of the fucking league. Give him some respect. Uh, I don't think Greer would get the start over him. I think PJ will get there. Um, let's see. Anything else interesting? Devin grabbed Brian Hill for a dollar and Jordan Reed for a dollar. And everything else is just defense and bullshit. Okay. Let's get into the matchups real quickly. I don't have a lot to say. It was a low-scoring week. I lost. Okay. I lost. Get over it. Uh, Matt beat me 145 to 130. I was killing myself thinking I shouldn't have fucking started Tannehill, I should have started for Foles, should have started Foles, but Tannehill actually made it even closer um, than I could have possibly imagined. I just had some bad fucking luck. A.J. Brown drops a 70-yard touchdown. That puts me in eight points. I trusted the Eagles' defense against the Giants. If I went with the Steelers, that's another nine. I win, okay? Other than that, those things don't happen. I had no other way to win. Um, Even just playing the Steelers' defense over the Eagles' defense wouldn't have been enough for me. And then, as you know, you saw it. Kyler Murray and Josh Jacobs again, or sorry, Josh Allen combining for nearly 60. Um, and, I mean, what can I say? He fucking throws a 50-yard touchdown at the last goddamn second, a free seven points. So with swings like that and possibilities like that, that just stinks. Matt played J.D. McKissick in my face, but Antonio Gibson had a great day, proving a lot of this, oh, when, they play, when they're playing with Alex Smith and they're playing from behind, he won't be involved. Not so fast, motherfuckers. Um, sorry. I don't know what else to say. You know, a better game from Lamar, even in the rain. Um, but yeah, 
on, on Matt's side, Wayne Gallman actually turned out to be a pretty good thing. Flexing both Steelers receivers. I'm just so pissed. I, I let Claypool slip through my hands. Um, yeah, not much else to say. Nice win, Matt. Good job, dude. Um, another matchup that was probably a little closer than it had any right to be was Devin beating Nate 114-94. to 94. Only a 20-point swing. Could Nate have possibly won this game? I believe he might have been able to. If he had played um, Cam over Baker and put in Cole Beasley over the, uh, yeah, Zach Moss, Philip Lindsay, one of those guys, yeah, he could have won this game. Uh, Nate's got an interesting bench here. I mean, Gurley on by, Jordan Howard cut, Brita injured, Penny injured. Jameis got the start for a little bit, but basically you would never start him. Dwayne Haskins, not a starter. Debo LaVisca injured. Um, Damian Williams, Raheem Mostert, Zach Ertz, and Saquon all on IR. So Nate's here for next year once these guys are healthy. He's got a lot of pieces, but not a lot of them are playing. On Devin's side, Aaron Rodgers, another nice day. Uh, Miles Sanders, not too great in the return. Of course, he had to blow up DeAndre Swift game. He has to feel good about getting that trade done. He just has to. And we talked. I, I said that I liked the move for him. I thought he could have squeezed a little more for Michael Thomas, getting him out. But DeAndre Swift, I mean, yeah, he's looking like maybe that was the rookie running back you'd want to own, uh, you know, outside of Antonio Gibson. DK Metcalf, however, was shadowed by Jalen Ramsey, you know. So that happens, you know. When when DK Metcalf faces good, strong coverage he, and that, that might require him to turn one-eighth of a degree in the other direction, um, he tends to uh, struggle there. Um, Curtis Samuel and Travis Fulgham, not inspiring a lot of confidence in a bad game in a shitty weather scenario for Deshaun Watson. Um, that gives another win to the bullshit division over the cuck division, bringing the uh, combined uh, score to, what do you call it there? What do you call it there, boyos? Um, oh, 12, 12 and 10. Ooh, that's getting tight. That's getting real tight. Uh, another one that came down to the wire. Drew versus Eric. Beating Eric 94-84. Could Eric have won this game? Surprisingly, no. His highest scoring bench player had 3.3 in Zach Pascal. He had a ton of buys. You know, he's got a lot of Cowboys. Um, Chiefs were on by as well. He's got Lev. Uh, Jets were on by. He has Frank Gore and Joe Flacco. So he didn't have a lot of choice here. Wentz stinks. He's a fucking loser. Why don't they just start Jalen Hurts already? He fucking sucks, and I'm I'm can, I'm just so convinced of it. Um, yeah, no, again, he didn't have a second quarterback to flex this week. Lions with minus one point. His second highest score outside of Chubb was Matt Prater. Now, if Chubb actually went in for that touchdown, he's at ninety to the ninety-four, and he's a little bit closer. But on Drewby's side, um, yeah, it was just like I've been saying all year. The the quarterback play, you know, he thought he was kind of set, but. All these guys are just guys. They're not studs. They're not going to take you the whole way. Teddy and and Derek, it's just not gonna not gonna happen for you in those circumstances. So, um, not really that much else interesting to say. Justin Jefferson had a, had a nice game. Went head to head against a Rob to to seal the victory for Drew. Um, yeah, he's proven to still be great even against a stout Bears defense. Dave beat Bob. 122, 123 to 113. Bob lost by 10 points only. Did he have a way to win this, folks? 
let's see here. Four, two, 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 carry the three. And yeah, if he had played uh, Malcolm Brown over Devontae Parker, say, or Leonard Fournette, yeah, he could have won this one. He was really goddamn close, actually, really close. Um, yeah, that sucks. Now, this was a huge game for Bob, and I think this is actually huge for those trades that he made because if Bob does that, he's 5-5. Five and five. He's he's easily in the playoffs, and we'll get – I have a whole segment on ranks and where we're going to end up this year. Um, this killed him. This When you look back, this is the game that will keep him out of the playoffs and forcing him to go into rebuild mode. He just – this was the final nail in the coffin. On Dave's side, and, you know, he had Brady with a great performance, but other than that, Kareem is somehow better when Chubb is in, which is funny. Um, and Russ just really getting handled by that Rams defense. But he had the Rams defense, so, you know, it kind of evened itself out. For Dave, yeah, I mean, Mike Davis has not— Mike Davis, I don't give a shit. He's not been good in, like, three months, two months. I don't know. But he only had a couple good games while McCaffrey was out. Fant got hurt again. Um, Kamara and Jacobs just combining for 50. Just a studly duo, which um, now is getting Cook added to the mix. Jared Goff with a bad game, even in dub. Drew Locke's pathetic. So let's go on to the last game we have to cover. This was a big one as well. Nick versus Bill. If Bill won this game, he'd be 6-4. and four. Nick would be 5-5. Five and five. He would be number one in the division, and I think he would keep that bye week spot. And I'll tell you when I get into the standings things, I don't know that he's keeping it um, after this loss. I think this was pretty big. Um, on Nick's side, yeah, he didn't have – I mean, he actually could have – oh, no, no, no. He couldn't have lost based on that. But a huge swing with DeAndre Hopkins catching a 50-yard touchdown. I mean, just 12 free points out of nowhere. Um, that was nice to push him over the edge. But Breeze getting hurt in the middle of the game. Burrow going up against Pittsburgh. Not the things you really quite want to see. On uh, on Bill's side, eh, he didn't have a way to win this one. Alex Smith was pretty serviceable for him. Ben had a great game, looking like vintage Ben. Uh, threw a lot, didn't have a ton of, didn't have a great completion percentage. But regardless, um, yeah, that's about it. So anyways, I just want to get into these standings real quick because I did some interesting work. I actually looked into the future, and I looked ahead, and I realized that I know exactly how the season is going to play out and how everybody is going to end this season. So let me tell you where we're at now first before we get into that. So in first place, leading the bowl, the Cuck division is Matt. He's got 7-3. and three. That's the most wins in the league. He's up two slots thanks to his win over me. He's got the fourth most points. Nick leads the Cuck division at 6-4. and four. That's the most wins in his division. He's got the first most points in the league. Uh, Dave is in third place, also at 6-4. and four. He's got the fifth most points in the league. He's up a slot from last week. Nick did not move, by the way. With my loss to Matt and with Dave having the, win t- the point tiebreaker against me, I dropped to four. That's down two slots. Uh, I'm at 6-4 and four with the seventh most points in the league. Billy is in fifth place at 5-5. Five and five. He's got the second most points in the league. He stays where he was. Devin is now in, I don't think that's possible that he did that. I must have this wrong, but whatever. Devin is um, in sixth place at five and five. He's down a slot. Oh, it makes sense. Does it? He has to be down two. Fuck it. Anyways, Drew is in seventh place. He's the first team on the outside looking in. He's at 500, got the ninth most points in the league. He's up a slot from last week thanks to his win over Eric. Bob's in eighth. 
He's got the six most points in the league. He could be there, but he's four and six, and that loss really hurt him. Nate's at three and seven. He drops a slot. He's got the eighth most points in the league, and Eric is three and seven. He's the 10th most point score in the league. He's at the same spot as last week. Now, excuse me. I just wanted to say quickly, if we did the half-point scoring, which some people have been interested in, the order would be Nick, Dave, Devin, Matt, Dan, and Bill rounding out the playoffs, Drew, Bob, Nate, and Eric at the end. All the guys outside the playoffs move no slots. I go down one. Bill goes down one. Matt goes down three. Devin drops up to the third place seed, so he would be able to pick his matchup, and Dave gets that by. Now, like I told you, I did some other interesting things this week. Number one, I wanted to kind of see where everyone was at. Arbitrarily, in my head, it felt like to me that 130 points was like the league average. It just, looking at the scores this week, this league, I just felt that way. I said, it feels like if you win over 130, if you score over 130, most of the time, you're either going to get a win or your top half of scoring. If you're under 130, you're probably not. And then I actually fucking added up all the points scored in this league and divided by the number of teams and weeks. The average score this year is legitimately 130.56. So I wanted to look at how many times has a team scored over 130 and how many times have they scored below, or how many times have they scored over 130 after 10 weeks? Just to kind of give us an idea of who's being consistently dominant. So the most common amount of times were five and six. Matt, Nick, Bill, Drew, all have done it five times. Bill, uh, uh, you know, and it's arbitrary because some guys could be really close to 130 and not make it. Uh, D- Dave and myself got it six. Devin has been there eight times, an impressive amount. You would think that one of the guys like Nick or Bill with the top two most points scored, Devin's at third, would claim that spot, but Devin's just been more consistent than them. They've had higher blow-up weeks. And the drop-off from... What, Billy's the, uh, or sorry, Bill's the, the second highest scorer in the league. Devin is the third. They only have a difference of about 24 points total. That's two and a half points per week, per fucking week. Another interesting one is Dave and Matt, which we'll get to. They're the fourth and the fifth most points scored per in the league. Matt's got 1,343.74. Dave's got 1,343.46. Less than 0.3 difference between them. That's going to cause some mayhem over the past couple weeks. Um, Other teams, let's see. uh, Bob's got three times over 130, which is surprising because he's got the six most points in the league. So, again, pretty volatile. Uh, Nate's got two, um, but he has three times where he was over 128, but less than 130. So he could be up to five (laughs) just with a little more. Um, Eric has three, but interesting thing, last time he went over 130 was week four, which, yeah, that speaks to, it speaks to two things. Obviously, the injuries have decimated him and just rendered him, you know, in a position where he cannot compete. But then also, he was 130 plus three out of the first four weeks. That's 75% of the time. Over 10 weeks, only Devin has a ratio higher than that. So I actually think Eric was working with quite a strong team before uh, the injuries. It's something that we forget. Anyways, I have seen into the future, and I can tell you exactly how the league is going to end if you'd like me to. Do you want me to? I could tell you. I could tell you exactly what's going to happen. Um, let's let's get right into it then. Um, so, the—oh, fuck. I resorted. God damn it. Damn it. Fuck. 
Anyways, in first place, Dave. Dave has currently got six wins. He is going, hear me, hear me, hear me here. He's going to go 3-0 and over the next three weeks. He, like I said, he's very tight against Matt in the point total. And Matt is going to go 2-1 and over the next week. So he will also have nine wins. But over that time, Dave is going to outscore him by more than 0.3 points combined over three weeks. So Dave will be your first seed leading the bullshit division with a bye. This is really fucking tough. This is really tough. Who's in second place leading the cuck division? Well, I hate to tell you guys, but I had to retool this a little because Nick without Breeze, he plays Devin this week. This week is going to decide officially, without a doubt, who gets the bye in that league. Whoever wins gets the bye. It's either Nick or Devin. If Devin wins, he goes 3-0 and the rest of the way. Okay? That, that would be tough. If Nick... If Nick wins, he goes 3-0 the rest of the way, I think. Um, maybe 2-1. But regardless, if he goes 3-0, he'd be there. He'd have nine wins, and he'd be there for sure. Devin can't beat that because he's got a win up on him now. If he goes 2-1, it's going to be tough. Devin is behind him by about 70 points total. So he need to score him 20-plus each of the next three weeks. So that's really tough. I think ultimately... Nick does go 2-1, Devin goes 3-0, but Nick retains the points, so Nick gets the bye. Devin would be um, in, oh sorry, Matt would be in third place at 9-2, and two. Um, sorry, at, at 9-4 and whatever four. after winning two of his three next matchups. Um, Devin would be in fourth place because he's gone 3-0, and oh, he's got eight wins. I would be in the next, I'm only winning two of the next three, so I would be in fifth place. The last person in our playoffs will be Billy. He'll go two and one. He'll have seven wins. That's the problem here. I'm looking at these other teams, Bob, Drew, Eric, and Nate. I don't see a lot of wins between them. I think Bob gets two out of three wins. I wrote that beforehand. Um, I don't know. That could be one out of two, honestly, after he's made some of the moves that he's made losing Russ and Brady. I think it could be one out of two. That would leave him firmly out of the playoffs. I think Drew goes 0-3. I think Eric and Nate all go 0-3 over the next three weeks, and that that bottom half stays as it is. And so for that reason, I forgot to write someone off last week. It was going to be Drew, and I'm standing firm on that, and I'm standing firm on uh, Bob as well. I don't. I think the current ship playoffs, those four teams that are out of the, the golden playoffs, the regular playoffs, remain the same. I don't see the path to victory. Listen to these schedules, okay? Let's just look at how difficult— let, let's look at how difficult it is by points and wins the rest of the way. Okay. Eric plays Bill, Devin, and Nick. Literally the three top teams in his division. He plays them back-to-back. He has the worst schedule by far. They've got a combined 16 wins, which is tied for the most um, of any remaining schedule. And not only that, they've scored on an average 138 a week. That's also the highest... Um, average score that anybody has to face. He has the most difficult schedule going forward, followed by Drew. Drew's got to face Dave, Bill, and Devin. Again, Bill and Devin, two two of the top teams in his division, and Dave, who just made some incredible moves. Uh, I just don't see him squeaking out a win. Maybe against Bill, but Dave and Devin, now that Bill's moved some pieces, Dave and Devin, I don't think so. They've got to combine 16 wins. Again, that's tied for the, the hardest schedule. 136 points on average between them. Um, so that's tough. Matt's got the next 
hardest schedule. Um, he plays Bob, Dave, and Bill. Only 15 wins between them. We know Bob's got a little better than his wins suggest, 135 average points. I still think Matt takes Bob and he takes Bill. I think this this when we look at it that way, it seems hard. I don't think it's actually as hard given the trades they've just made. Um, I still have him going two and one. I have him losing to Dave, uh, but that could still give him um, nine wins and the third seed. Uh, <clears throat> I have the next hardest schedule, Nate, Nick, and Bob. 13 wins between them, okay, but 133 points scored on average. So the, that's that's actually the lowest wins total that anybody has to play over the next three weeks, but it's the fourth highest score. I still I have myself going two and one. Uh, beating Nick and Bob, I believe, um, just in the way things are shaking out. <clears throat> Nate's next at Dan, myself, Bob, and Dave. Uh, 16 wins between them, lower 132 points, so close to the top. Um, yeah, and I look at, like, where I say, like, the top teams, Dave's got to play Drew, Matt, and Nate. 15 wins between them, 127 points on average scored. Uh, that's the fourth easiest schedule. Nick. The 30th easiest schedule, Devin, Dan, and Eric. Um, I think he pulls two out there, um, maybe three if he can beat Devin, but I, I don't know if he will. Uh, only 14 wins between the three of them. The, the second easiest schedule is Devin. Devin plays Nick, Eric, then Drew. If he gets past Nick, I think he goes 3-0. and He runs the table. And if Nick drops two games or he has some low-scoring weeks and Devin has some boom weeks, Devin could steal – the bye week. I don't I don't I don't think he will, but I think it'll be close. And Billy plays Eric Drew and then Matt. Um, he's got the easiest schedule, only 124 points scored on average between those guys. Um, that's the easiest ranked schedule. That's why this is insane. Nick, Devin, and Bill all ending the year with that schedule. If if Bill had just won one more game, so he would be at five so he wouldn't be at five wins currently, if he were at six wins currently. Um, I mean, he'd, he'd really be in the running to steal uh, the bye week. Um, I don't know what pushed him towards the edge of saying, I got to rebuild, but he did. So he got a lot of pieces. We'll see how that goes over the next week. But that's my prediction. So I think the final standings will go Dave, Nick, Matt, Devin, me, Bill. So there's your future. And what happens from there, I think Matt, he'll probably pick to play me. I'll probably be... Now, if Bill's team is, is looking real sideways after those trades, but I don't think it will with Mahomes. Um, you know, I know he lost Dalvin, but I think he'll, I think he'll still be looking pretty strong. Um, I think Matt will want to play me and just, just, just try to fuck me over as soon as he can. Um, I think he will beat me. That will then have... Um, Devin and Bill playing, which will be a great matchup. I think Devin ultimately pulls that one out. That would make uh, Dave beat meet Devin and Matt meeting Nick. <sighs> those are some those are some good ass matchups. Um, in those contests, I just think Matt's got more depth. I think Matt takes it to Nick. Uh, Dave versus Devin, that's a toss up, but I don't see how anybody gets past Dave's running back core if they're all healthy. If Dalvin Cook goes down or the saints go roll sideways Camara's down he's fucked but yeah i think dave matt championship and who wins i'll tell you next time 
But anyways, yeah, I'm calling out. this. The four people I don't think can win, they're the four people that aren't in the playoffs today, and I don't see them getting in. I'm sorry. I looked in the future, and you weren't there. You just weren't there. All right, well, that's it. I'm going to blow my nose. Bye-bye. Scoop FM is brought to you by Two Men in a Truck. Pick up your shit, you lazy fuck. Oh, no, wait, don't do that. That's why we're a company. Pay us to do it for you. Two Men in a Truck.